glad you're here. Hope you've had an incredible week. You know, I brought a bed here, and uh, could you guys go ahead and turn the lights down? All right. How many of you are, because uh, I know some of the folks, whoa. <laughs> How many of you have a bed like that at home? I promise it has nothing to do with my weight, okay? Because <laughs> I know people get sleepy and tired kind of there on the first few rows. Thought we'd bring up. How many of you are tired, by the way? You can raise your hand. It's okay. Nobody's tired? All right. You know, we're going to do a series. We're going to talk about power. And we're going to look in the book of Genesis. And is power where something that's good? Because we all like power. We like powerful cars. We like uh, the power that takes a jet up to the moon. But... Uh, what, and what's it have to do with rest? Because that's really where we're going to begin is uh, kind of the tension, I guess, between rest and power. Now, if you got an outline when you came in or if you got a Bible and uh, maybe somebody come help me get up, <clears throat> I want you uh, to kind of pull that out. And, and I thought I'd give you a little test to see just uh, whether you're getting enough rest, okay? So I did a little research this week, and here is what I um, discovered. Uh, first of all, you aren't getting enough rest if you're always hungry after you eat. Okay, anybody hungry after you eat? You are more apt to be, uh, to laugh or to cry. You're just kind of emotional, when you're too, you know, not getting enough rest, you're tired, you're emotionally a little off balance. You can't focus or pay attention. Your immune system is kind of run down, so you get sick a lot. You always got a cold. Uh, you're a little bit clumsy. That's somebody who doesn't get enough rest. And you have a decreased sex drive, okay? Those are examples. Now, they uh, looked at kids, and in 2009, they did a study, and they found that children's uh, ages 7 and 8 who got less than eight hours of sleep were much more likely to be hyperactive, inattentive, and impulsive. Um, and so just kind of, you know, going in a million different directions. They also discovered, researchers at the University of Chicago found that dieters who were well-rested lost more fat. 56% of their fat, uh, of their weight loss was the stuff we don't like. Whereas if people weren't rested, you know, they didn't get enough sleep, then it was muscle uh, that they lost. So if you look with me in Genesis chapter 2, we're going to start right at the beginning. He says this, especially when it comes to the idea of rest, okay? He says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he what? No, 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 you didn't hear me. So he did what? Yeah, let's think about rested. That's a cool word, right? I mean, what comes to your mind when you think about <sighs> rested? Let's say that as if we are rested. Just got up from one of those power naps. You know, it feels so good. And you feel like you can take on the world. You ready? Let's say it together. You ready? Here we go. Rested. Mm. All right. That's what God did. God created the world. Then the Bible says on the seventh day, he, he rested, um, verse 3, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all the work of creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens 
and the earth. Now, as we get started today, there's just a few reminders I want to give you, okay? The first one is we are created for rest. God made us so that we, or we are designed to be more efficient, to be happier, more joyful when we're rested. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created human beings in his own image. The image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now, God rested on the seventh day, not because he was tired, right? God wasn't tired. He's all powerful. And so God didn't rest because he was tired. God rested to model for us, to teach us. And then we are created in his image. So we were created to rest. I don't mean just to sleep, although sleep, good night's sleep. We were created to rest. And again, let me give you just a few statistics on that. The National Highway and Traffic Safety Administration estimates that fatigue is the cause of 100,000 automobile accidents every year and that almost 1,600 people die because they get in their car tired. I don't know if you saw Mythbusters, but Mythbusters uh, did an episode where they discovered that weariness or tiredness had a greater impact on people's ability to drive than alcohol. So this is a big deal. Now, do you know who the most tired are? What age group the most tired people are? 25 and younger. I'm sure it's because they're, steady, you know, they're studying for their college degree. So they're focused on that and they're just wearing them out. Now, here, if you chronically don't get enough sleep, it leads to heart disease, heart attack, heart failure, irregular heartbeat, high blood pressure, stroke, and diabetes. Um, so it does have an impact upon our lives. In 2007, they did a study and they found that you were five times more likely to find yourself depressed or dealing with depression if you didn't get enough sleep. And the one that kind of blew me away, well, you know what? We did a little, little research or a little questionnaire so you could evaluate yourself. Now I want you to look at the person sitting beside you. Go ahead, look at them. If you're single, maybe you'll find the right person, okay? <laughs> All right, you're looking at them. Now I want you to know, I want you to look at them, look at their face, okay? Keep your eyes there. And I'm gonna give you and see if you see these things in their face. Chronic sleep loss can lead to lackluster skin, fine lines, dark circles under their eyes. Now, if you see any of those things, just kind of tap them on the shoulder and say, it's a good thing you're here, okay? <laughs> it's a good thing you are here. <laughs> Get this, according to a 2004 study, people who sleep less than six hours a day were almost 30% more likely to become obese to those who slept seven to nine hours. And then this one, this one's scary. Those who had cut their sleep from seven hours to five hours or, or, or fewer each night doubled their risk of death. Doubled their risk of death. So this is a big deal. You know, a lot of times when we think about the enemy and that we have a, the, the Bible says the devil's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We think about all those maybe traditional temptations and they're sure there, but sometimes the enemy's much more subtle. It's the fact that we just don't rest. Rest can often be, at least in our world in 2016, one of the most spiritual things that we can do. We were created to rest, and when we don't rest, our life doesn't work. And it becomes much more difficult. 
But not only were we created to rest, God says, I'm going to step it up a notch. We are commanded to rest. We are commanded to rest. In Exodus chapter 20, you have what is known as the Ten Commandments. God's top ten list. These ten things will show you how to live life. It's not a don't do this, don't do this list. It's a how to win list. And one of those found in verse number eight says, remember to observe the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. So how do we do it, right? If we were created for rest and we were commanded to rest, how, how do we rest? Well, as I was... Uh, because I spent, because I'll be honest with you, you know, we have a Saturday service. Would love for you to come on Saturday, by the way. It's at 5.05. It's the same service. And then right now you could be resting. <laughs> you could be resting. But anyways, we have a 5.05 service. And uh, on the way home, Stephanie retaught this teaching to me because this is not, um, this is something I'm learning. Okay. So how, how do we do it? How do we rest? I think there are three things, and let me give them to you real quick this morning. The first one is, is we have to prepare for success. And that seems like a weird thing to talk about when we're talking about rest, but you and I can't rest. We can't sleep at night if we're not prepared for the next day. So many times it's our lack of preparation or our procrastination that brings the anxiety and the worry. It's like if you've got uh, the holidays and you've got family coming in or it's graduation and folks are coming in to watch your, your child or your niece or whoever graduate and, you, and man, you didn't get, you're not ready for them. And so you're thinking, man, it's hard to rest at night because I got to do this and I got to buy this and I got to go there and I got to call this person. I got to send out that email and I, all these things that I have to do. And that lack of preparation leads to anxiety, which keeps us from actually resting so that when the graduation happens, you miss it. I mean, how many people have missed Thanksgiving or Christmas simply because they were too tired once the holiday actually got here because they weren't resting they, they, they weren't recouping you can look at science and they will tell you that it's while we're asleep that our body heals itself it's a while we're asleep that our dreams uh, impact our emotions it's not by accident it's because God created us that way now, if you look with me in Proverbs chapter 6, this is going to seem like a, a little bit of a tension here. He says, you lazy fool. This is the wisdom writer. Look at the ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell you what to do. All summer, it stores up food. At harvest, it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around and do nothing? How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back and take it easy. You know what's going to come next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. Now, that seems to be a tension with what we're talking about, you know, being able to just to rest. But in reality, they work together. Is it if you and I have a strong work ethic in the sense that we're not procrastinating and we're actually preparing, it allows you to get into that bed at night and rest because you're prepared. You're prepared for whatever the, day, uh, the next day has, but you also, again, you're prepared to sleep. They tell us, there's tons of information about what we need to do to prepare ourselves for bed, right? 
They tell us that we need to go to bed at the same time every night. They tell us that 30 minutes before we go to bed, we don't need to be on our computers or our iPads or watching television because it stimulates the brain and makes it more difficult to go to sleep. They tell us that we need, that you know, you don't want a lot of light because it stimulates the chemicals in your brain that make it difficult to go to sleep. They tell us that we don't want to eat right before we go to bed because it, you know, activates the digestion. You don't want to work out right before you go to bed. I mean, there's all of that. And a lot of times the reason we don't sleep is we just didn't prepare to sleep. Again, we expect God to zap us, not only with success, but even rest. Many times we go on vacation and we don't even enjoy our vacation. We're gone physically, but we're not gone emotionally. We're not gone relationally. You're still with all the folks you're working with, not with the folks that you're traveling with. So the key to being able to rest is that we have to prepare. Uh, because if you don't prepare for the test, you're going to have a hard time sleeping the night, the night before it. Same thing is true for me, you know, as, as I <clears throat> think about the weekend. Preparation allows me to, to, to rest. <sighs> rest. So the first thing we have to do is we have to prepare for success. We've got to be out in front so that we can enjoy that day. The second thing is that we have to pray for everything. We have to pray. Say, well, what role does prayer have in, in rest? Well, look what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, don't be what? Anxious. You know, uh, a lot of times the reason we can't rest is because we're anxious. You ever get anxious? Just, man, some of us even today, you're here and you're anxious. You're like, how long is this service going to be? I thought it would already be over. I can't, you know, what do I, I got things I got to do. Come on, Troy, speed it up, you know. I got a place I got to go, things that got to happen. That's, that's right, just anxious. You ever, you ever turn on the television and see one of those documentaries about how they've taken all old missile silos and turned them into, you know, bunkers, you know, kind of into the world type shows? You ever watch one of those? You know, so if, if you're not careful, that's at least the way I am, I'll watch one of those shows and I'll think, oh my goodness, I don't have one of those. You know, I mean, uh, am I a good dad? I don't, I don't I, you know, we don't even have any rice at the house. And, and I, mean, so, I mean, we don't have food for six months. I mean, what are we, what are we gonna do, you know? And, and all of a sudden you get anxious. Because, well, don't, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious about work. Don't be anxious about money. Don't be anxious about your health. Don't be anxious about terrorism. Don't be anxious about the presidential election. Don't be anxious about things. And I love that the Bible's so real. Instead, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, instead pray. Pray about everything. So don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And when we think about prayer, we're not, we're, we're, it's hanging out with God. It's spending time with God. It's allowing yourself to get to know him, to give him the, the quietness to nudge your heart, to tap you on the shoulder, to direct your life. And through prayer, God changes our hearts. It's slowing down. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. It's not, prayer is not something you put on a checklist so that if you do it, then God has to do what you want him to. That's not prayer. Any more than a, a date is two hours, you know, on a Friday night. No, prayer is you and I slowing down and spending time with God. 
And you know what? It's more important to be consistent than it is how long it is. Because that's the way relationships develop. It's inconsistency. People like to talk about quality time. Well, there's really just time. And consistent time leads to quality or depth of relationship. It doesn't matter how intimate the time is. If it's only once a month, the relationship's going to suffer. But if you consistently spend time together, the intimacy is going to deepen. And so he says, don't, you don't have to be anxious. And the reason you don't have to be anxious is because you can go to the all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere at one time God anytime you want to about everything that's going on in your life. He longs to hear your request. So talk to God about your needs. Talk to him about what you're worried about and what you're fearful of and what's weighing you down and what's keeping you from sleeping at night. And what doesn't allow you to go on vacation and be restored and reconnected and refreshed. He says, tell him what you need and thank him for what he's done or thank, be thankful for what has come. And the great, see, gratitude makes us aware of what God's doing in our lives. And if all we do is focus on what we have not, haven't yet experienced, then we're always focused on what we haven't yet experienced or what we're afraid of. He says, he longs to hear your request. I love that. Verse 7, and know that the peace of God, a peace is beyond any and all of our human understanding, will stand watch over your hearts and minds in Jesus the anointed one. Peace. Isn't that really what we want? We just want peace, don't we? We want peace about our finances. I mean, because you, you, I mean, you got to eat, you got to sleep, got to have a place to sleep. You know, you got to have all that stuff, and that stuff can create anxiety, and create worry, and create stress. And so, really, what we're looking for is is peace. Peace about if you have children, peace about your kids. So many crazy things in this world that can screw them up. It doesn't take months. It might take hours. Freak us out a little bit. Maybe it's your health. We, we, we want a sense of peace. And the Bible says that it's available to us if we'll just slow down and pray. And I love how it ends. It says, therefore, because when we pray, what God does is he stands watch over our hearts and our minds. And that's where our anxiety enters, doesn't it? comes into our hearts. You ever lay down at night and all of a sudden you start having all these thoughts? Right? They just kind of invade your mind. The scripture says, pray. Because it's through praying, it's through talking to God that God guards our mind and he guards our heart so that we can rest. Don't turn on television. Pray. Because according to the Bible, it's available to, to both of us. You know, years ago, as we're still in Arkansas, maybe two decades ago, I woke up one morning and I was just anxious. And it wasn't just like, oh, I'm nervous. I mean, I could feel it deep down in my stomach and it would not go away. And it felt like I was going crazy. I mean, it was just the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. I was afraid I was going to die. I just, it was just, I didn't know what to do because it, it lasted for months and months. And I, um, I went and talked to a counselor, but I, I did two things. Because night's always the worst if you're an anxious person, because everybody's asleep. So you're all alone with your anxiety. 
And, and one of the times as I was praying, because the Bible promises peace, and I was praying, and I just felt like God tapped me on the shoulder, right, and nudged my heart. And, and so I, I, I uh, got a journal, and I, I just confessed. In other words, I wrote down anything that God brought to my spirit that um, <clears throat> was sin or had broken his heart, whether it was yesterday or years ago, you know, any wrong attitude, anything I might have said or anything I did. And it wasn't to beat myself up. It was to empty myself out. To just, and I, I did that and I wrote it down. And I went outside and set it on fire. Now, you couldn't do that here. The fire department would show up and you might get arrested. But um, I just remember doing that. And the second thing I did is I fasted for 39 days. And, you know, fasting is when you go without food so that you can focus on, on God. And two things, you know, kind of happen. One is you have a lot more time because you take the time instead of eating to, to talk, to hang out, to read, to just kind of slow down. And then you, you, your energy levels are different. So, you, so, you, so you, it, there is a physical aspect of slowing down when you're fasting because your energy is different. <clears throat> I, I drank juice and then I drank, you know, those little cubes, like chicken cube, cubes or whatever. You put them in water. It's so like chicken water and, uh, and beef water, I guess. I don't know. But it tasted good when and eaten. But um, and you know, what I remember is towards the end of that is even though, you know, physically there, there was a different type of energy, I felt strong. I felt strong in the sense that I had a great peace, you might say, a great confidence that when I turn on the news and might see whatever was happening in the world, it didn't make me anxious. I had a strength. You know, the Bible says that when we're weak, he is strong. And when, you know, um, money might be tight, there was a, a, a strength. This was during the, the holidays, so there was just a strength there. So if we want to rest so that we can experience the healing that happens in our emotions and in our spirit and in our spirituality and in our health. We have to prepare and we have to pray. And the last thing I would say is that we have to place control slash power in God's hands. We have to place control slash power in God's hands. Now I put a little blank before the word power. The reason that I did is because it's assumed power. Matthew chapter 6 says that we really don't have power. In, in other words, this is where the tension between peace and power or rest and power takes place. The Bible says in Matthew 6 that, you know, the thief can break in and steal. And you think you've got it guarded? You think you've got it? You know, he says the thief can break in and steal when it comes to your money or any of your possessions. Rust, you know, can destroy. Fire can burn. So it's really assumed power. But in order for us to have rest, for order for us to be able to experience and become who God wants us to be, then we have to be willing to place our assumed control, our assumed power, in God's hands. Look what it says in Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. It says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the workers of the builders is wasted. <clears throat> Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries, big armies, it won't do any good. 
It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning till late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. Now, he mentions three things here. And the three things that he mentions are the three things we worry about. The first thing he says is, unless the Lord builds a house. He, he talks about a house. And it's not just a building, but it's that sense of community. It's that sense of family. Right? And isn't that what makes you anxious? I mean, if you've got kids, you're anxious, man, are, you know, are they learning? Are they growing? Are they competition? And are they making bad decisions? And you're trying to, you know, keep them where they need to be. You're trying to build them. Or, or maybe, you know, you're looking for a relationship and you want a family and you're trying to, you know, those are things we get anxious about. Those are things that we worry about. And what he's saying is he's saying you can go after it day and night, but unless... Or until you give control to God, assume control. It's, it's just in vain. You know why? Because they'll never be safe enough. Your kids will never be safe. Somebody will always be able to get to them. They'll be able to get to their mind. They'll be able to get to some substance to them. Be, you'll never, it doesn't matter. You can hire a guard. You can get a dog. You can put a chip in their hand. I mean, you can follow them on GPS. You can do everything, but it'll never be enough. There'll always be a way. And so you will always be anxious. There's always that possibility of whatever it might be when it comes to our homes. But he doesn't just say our homes. He says then that protection, right? Because once you build a relationship, you want to protect it. You, you, you know, I don't, I don't want this to end. I don't want our family to break apart. I don't want to, you know, our, our, our ministry, our business, our, our, our extended family. You know, he's marrying her and she's marrying him. And, and you know, I got to make all this work and make sure that uncle is good with aunt and, you know, all this stuff. And he says, no, he's not saying those things are wrong or bad. He's just saying that when you try to do it in your assumed power, you're never going to get it done. So you're always going to be anxious. You're never going to experience the real rest that God desires, that God created you for and commanded us to experience. And then he talks about getting up early and working for food, which, I, you know, provision, money. Right? I mean, and some of us know that. I mean, you get you as soon as the sun rises, you're out the door. And you've got two, three jobs, and yet that's not enough. You're always worried. You're worried that you might lose one of those jobs, and then what are you going to do? You're worried about next year the kids start college or start school, or you're worried about being a single mom or a single dad. You're worried that the car's going to break down or get a flat tire. You're worried that somebody's going to get sick. I mean, you're always worried. You're working hard, working hard. You've got a credible work ethic, but you just can't rest. And the reason you can't really rest is because you can't control what's going to happen. He, he says, for God gives rest. See, I don't care how good you are. I, I don't care how smart you are. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. You can't, you can't be good enough to rest. You, you can't have enough to rest. Rest only comes from him. It's useless, he says. It's, it's vain. I, I like what it says in Proverbs 21, the wisdom writer, verse 31. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. In other words, preparation is important. 
He's not saying don't prepare. He's not saying don't have a good work ethic. He's not saying give it 100%. Do things with excellence. No, the scripture says just the opposite, that we should work hard. But the victory belongs to the Lord. You know, for me, this is where this really um, hit me in my life. Tyler is is our oldest. He's our firstborn. And if you haven't had children yet, when you do, that first one is difficult because you don't know anything. You're stupid, okay? And, and Steph was, let's see, when we got married, I was 22 and Steph was 20. And now that I have children, that just seems stupid. It uh, seems so young. Uh, but when we had Tyler, Stephanie was, I think, 23 and I was 25. And... Um, and then she had complications with Tyler. And so when we got him home finally and everything, and you know, this is before video monitors and all that kind of stuff. All we had is a little plastic walkie-talkie, you know, or we could hear what was going on kinda in the room. And so we'd take Tyler and we'd put him in his crib and turn on the baby monitor and we'd go back into our bedroom and um, Stephanie go to sleep and I'd be like, ah. So I'd get up, I'd go in, and I'd touch him to see if he was breathing. And he'd wake up, and Stephanie would get mad at me. Um, <clears throat> and we'd have to get him back to sleep. And then, you know, i put him in the crib, we'd come back in, and I'd lay there. And so then I would sneak in and just listen to see if he was breathing. And, I, and I'll never forget, one day, just kind of sitting like this on the side of the bed, and God, again, just kind of tapped me on the shoulder, and it's like, are you going to trust me? You've prepared. I mean, you have taken care of all his physical needs. He's been to the doctor. You've got your little baby monitor. I mean, you are prepared. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to stay up all night? Because you think in some way you have the power to take care of me. Are you going to trust me? And you know what? It doesn't matter how much you prepare. Eventually, you have to face that line. Eventually, you have to determine in many areas of your life, are you going to trust him? You going to trust him with your finances? Going to trust him with your kids? Going to trust him with your health? Going to trust him with your future? Going to trust him with your job? Going to trust him with the terrorists? Going to trust him with the storms? I mean, are you going to, are you going to trust him? Prepare, that's good, but somewhere... Preparation has to stop or you will always and forever be anxious. And you know a lot of people are. They just keep trying to control the environment of their children. They just keep trying to get enough money that they're not going to have to worry no matter what happens in the world. But there's just not that much money. You eventually face, if you want rest, or you have to decide, can you trust him? But if you do, If you turn it over to him, look what the wisdom writer says in Proverbs chapter 3. It says, you can go to bed without fear. You can lie down and what? Sleep soundly. That's awesome. Sleep soundly. You need not be afraid of sudden disaster or destruction. You need not be afraid of the terrorist. You need not be afraid of some storm. You need not to be afraid of some fire. You need not to be afraid of some disease. Why? Because when you're asleep, what is sleep? Sleep is giving God control. Because you can't do it when you're asleep because you don't know what's going on when you're asleep. 
or you wouldn't wake up with that big drool on the side of your face if you knew what was happening, right? So it's, need not be afraid. Psalm 4, 8 says, in peace, David says, I will lie down and what? Yeah, for you alone. You alone, O Lord, keep me safe. That's what God offers to us. And I think that if you and I could truly embrace it, then the world would be amazed by it because most people are tired. And we saw the stats. Most people are overwhelmed and they're anxious because they're still trying and they'll never, they'll never, never realize that it's just assumed control. Just assumed power. See, that's the tension. It began in the very beginning of the Bible where God Rested, And I think the reason he rested is because he wanted to us to understand that there's this tension with power. That we desire it. That there really is something in all of us. We want to be God, don't we? See, that's what worry is. Worry is believing there is no God. Because if there's a God, then there's no need to worry. It's the very thing. You remember in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve? You ever heard of them? They screwed it up for all of us. But what, what was the temptation? What did that little, little serpent say to Eve? He said, you know what? If you eat of that, you'll be like God. You'll be all powerful, Eve. You never have to worry again because you'll know everything. You'll know what God knows. You'll be as strong as God is. And Eve reached out in the hopes And so many times you and I reach out, don't we? Trying to control. God says, Jesus said it like this. He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, do life with me. And I love the way the message says it. Jesus says, and I will teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. Teach, Teach you how to dance with me. How to prepare, how to pray, and how to, to rest. Would you bow your heads? Father, I, I thank you for rest. And while many times it's difficult to just completely surrender, that is our heart's desire. Rest. In the quietness of this room, I would invite you to place your assumed power in his hands. Can you do that? That that you're anxious of, that that you're worried about, that that you're overwhelmed by, just, just give it to him so that this day could be a day of rest. Maybe it starts with salvation, trusting him, saying, God, Forgive me for trying to do it my way. I've been trying to be good enough. Every other religion's like that. Every other religion's about what you do. And maybe you'd say, God, I just want to do it your way. I want to trust you for what you have done, not what I do. Thank you, God, for rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give God a hand? All right. Wow. Wow.